And the Calgary Flames have won the Stanley Cup. We're the winners. We're the winners. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Flames fans, welcome to episode 30 of Blasty's Corner. Grant Chung here with you, and boy, what a game the Flames played against the Minnesota Wild on Saturday. Huge, huge win. Big statement right after you drop just the biggest uh, blowout loss uh, against the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver in your previous game to come out after losing, being embarrassed rightfully um seven to one against the vancouver canucks to beating a pretty good team in the minnesota wild seven to three uh is is a pretty big thing for the boys i think that says a lot about their character i mean obviously after nobody was happy with their effort and uh, the compete level in their game against vancouver i don't know what happened there uh but they, they just look sluggish, and they did not look sluggish against the Minnesota Wild. Boy, every type of goal that is possible was was scored. I mean, other than a goalie scoring a goal, I suppose. But, you know, you got your even strength goals, your power play goals. You had a shorthanded goal. You had breakaways. You had empty netters. There was even a empty net power play goal, just <laughs> goals from all... Uh, all situations and man just it was so fun to watch that uh, the boys have that energy again and that first goal by Tyler Toffoli I mean man that is the exact reason why we needed a guy like Tyler Toffoli on this team we needed a guy who could finish that one-timer streaking into the zone I mean we do have a couple guys in Lindholm and uh, I mean Sean Monaghan used to be able to used to be that guy uh, but we didn't really have anybody who could consistently put the puck at the net and in the net. And that's what Toffoli brings to this team. Uh, he's just five go- five points in six games now. Uh, he's just fit into this lineup seamlessly. Um, you know, there, there were a couple games where he didn't have any points and he was just kind of... But he wasn't quiet. This is, this is the thing. Like, he was still doing everything else uh, properly that is... Tyler Toffoli's game you know he still plays that 200 foot game kills penalties finishes checks is hard on the forecheck uh, and eventually those those points and and those apples and those goals will start coming and uh, that's what we saw three-point night from Tyler Toffoli that uh, against the the Minnesota Wild three-point night from Matthew Kachuk against the Minnesota Wild uh, and it's just all around a great game, a great team game for the boys. I mean, there wasn't really a point in the game, I think, where they were ever in danger. I mean, Markstrom made all the saves that he needed to make. Uh, they looked like they were having fun. And Minnesota came out. They didn't look that uh, that invested into the game. I mean, it was basically 4-1 after that shorthanded. Well, it, was, it wasn't It was basically. It was 4-1 four, four uh, after that shorthanded goal. 
by Blake Coleman there. And man, what an effort that was too. I mean, you, you could just see just they, they had been killing that penalty for a little while. Uh, Elias Lindholm was able to just flip the puck. I, I'm sure he was just trying to clear it. He wasn't, he, he, he might've seen Blake there uh, breaking away, but uh, it, it looked to me like he was just trying to clear the, the puck so that he could go in for a change. Uh, but of course, Blake had a step on the Minnesota defenseman. He was wide open, just all alone. But, you know, instead of letting it go and going for the change, he has that killer instinct. I mean, that's that's what I think two back-to-back Stanley Cups uh, does for you. It'll, it'll, it'll give you, sharpen your killer instincts. And that's what he did. He played through the pain, played through the exhaustion. You could just tell that he had nothing left in the tank. Uh, after that shift, after that penalty killing shift, but he still kept going, moved those legs, and uh, was able to put one past Kakinen and just that that look of relief too. I mean, he didn't even have any energy. Uh, it looked like to to celebrate that goal, and it was a beautiful goal. Um, I think he was just happy to be able to go back to the bench and have a seat. But that is now three straight games for Blake Coleman with a point. He had two in that game against Minnesota, a goal and an assist. He might not get up to the 60 points that I was uh, maybe expecting him or hoping that he would get at the beginning of the season. Uh, But he is at 24 points now through however many games, 50, 49, 50? 50-some games, 50-odd games that we've played, 51. Uh, we still have two games in hand on our the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. Surprisingly, I mean, the Knights are struggling. Uh, the Kings have won five in a row quietly, so they're 65 points, uh, second in the Pacific Division. The Vegas Golden Knights are at 62 uh, with 53 games played. Only one point better than the Edmonton Oilers. Same amount of games played. Uh, So those four teams are locking down the top four spots in the wild card position. Um, Actually, sorry, the Edmonton Oilers are not in a playoff position. Um, Only the top three teams in each division, of course. Uh, And then there are two wild card teams. So yeah, the Flames still have a healthy lead. 68 points uh, ahead of the LA Kings, first, first in the Pacific Division, and uh, yeah, I mean we're we're just we're we're rolling still. I mean, despite that seven to one embarrassment to the Vancouver Canucks, we're st- we've still won ten of our last eleven games. Um, it's too bad that we couldn't get that record uh, for for Daryl. But, uh, you know, hey, he tied it. So he's, it's, it's just as good as anybody else um, that has ever coached the Calgary Flames. So, I mean, yeah, just a, just a great stretch of hockey for the boys. I mean, it's, it's been so much fun to watch uh, as a fan. And uh, I'm excited for the next two games here. We're back in Minnesota on Tuesday night. And then I will actually, uh, I was lucky enough to secure some tickets to Tyler Toffoli's first game against his former team, the Montreal Canadiens. It also happens to be the same day that the Saddle Dome will be back at full capacity. So uh, I will be looking forward to the amount of energy that uh, that will come when we score some goals. Hopefully we'll, I'll get to see old Tyler Toffoli score a couple live and uh, you know I'd, I'd like to see some 
some points coming from Lindholm and from uh, Johnny there because I have all three guys in my hockey pools. So, you know. And, of course, a win from Markstrom would be amazing as well because I also have Markstrom in one of my hockey pools. So that would be uh, a fun night. And uh, the one thing that was concerning uh, that has hopefully resolved itself is Oliver Shillington went hard into the boards um, in that game against Minnesota. But, you know, it, it's, it looked worse than it than it was, it sounds like. Um, Daryl said that he's completely fine. He's not concerned. Uh, so that's good because it, it, it did look like he fell on his head and neck area into the boards. Um, he did not return for the game. Precautionary reasons, of course. Uh, they wanted to make sure that uh, he didn't have any concussion-like symptoms. But Daryl seems unconcerned. He thinks that he'll be 100% ready to go. So we'll see what that's like in um, in that game against Minnesota on Tuesday, which is really good, obviously, because Shillington has been an absolute stud this season. He's really broken out, and uh, missing him would be rather detrimental to our defense core right now. Um, but, you know, I did have a thought that you know, if, if it was a long-term thing, perhaps that paves the way for a use of Alamaki or Connor Mackey to be called up in uh, from the AHL there. So, you know, we do have some depth, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be subtracting from the current team when we're playing so well together uh, at this moment so we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back i will revisit a couple other targets that you know we could maybe begin to ponder before the trade deadline i know we've talked about quite a bit but um i do want to i did see that Haley salvian had a a new article up on the athletic for some guys that would fit for the Calgary Flames. So we'll go over that briefly after this break and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This episode of Blasty's Corner is brought to you by DraftKings. Hoops fans, latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your province yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars of do- in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming sources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the show. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. 
And welcome back to the show. So as I mentioned before the break there, uh, Haley Salvian of The Athletic just released an article uh, detailing some Flames trade deadline targets uh, who might make sense to come and basically uh, contribute to our depth in on, on our lineup. So uh, a couple of these guys we've mentioned, I mean, you know, uh, we've mentioned Claude Giroux uh, in in a couple episodes ago. Tomas Hurdle is a big name. Uh, JT Miller is an interesting and intriguing name, uh, but uh, some of these guys, I only want to talk about a few of them because I think only a few of them really make sense. You know, the, the top top tier guys, I think we, uh, I think we're out of that because at this point, you know, Chris and I have talked about this uh, extensively. We, we don't want to, I mean, the way the team is playing right now, we don't want to subtract from the way this team, chemistry is a real thing. You don't want to tamper too much with, with what's going on. What uh, Treleving did by bringing Toffoli into the fold was the perfect thing for this team. I mean, nobody of consequence, all, with all due respect to Tyler Pitlick, <laughs> uh, nobody of consequence left the team uh, in that Toffoli trade. That was a pure addition, and he's fit in seamlessly to this lineup. Not just because, I mean, we, we know why Toffoli has fit in, coaching players he's, he's comfortable with, um, like all that good stuff uh, has, has been really good for, for Tyler Toffoli in, in helping him, helping that transition along. Uh, but because of where our cap situation is and who we have to pay this summer, uh, I, I don't think we're going to be going after you know, a Claude Giroux or a JT Miller, especially, you know, he's obviously making 575 um, for this year or 525, sorry, I should say uh, for this year and the next year as well. In my opinion, it would be just absolutely idiotic and stupid of the Vancouver Canucks to trade Miller away. I mean, yes, they're having a bad season, but it's not, I mean, they're, they're, they're up and coming. They, they could, push for the playoffs if they you know really dialed in um but trading a guy like jt miller i think is would be a mistake it obviously depends on what they get back for him but you know i i think you'd be trading away a guy like jt miller to hope to get a guy like jt miller back so why not just keep him um he's only 28 and you know i think he still could fit with the with the trajectory of this team. I mean, 28 isn't that old. Even if you signed him to a four-year contract or a five-year contract, um, he would still be in his mid-30s. I don't really see JT Miller's game going away anytime soon. So in my opinion, I think it would be completely idiotic of the Vancouver Canucks to get rid of JT Miller, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I don't think we'll be getting him or any of the guys that uh, Vancouver seems to want to shop. I mean, Brock Besser... Connor Garland, Tanner Pearson, um, I'm I'm not really interested in any of them. Garland especially because he has four years left at just under $5 million. Pearson would be intriguing, obviously, because of the LA Kings connection again. Um, He played for Daryl. He was a big part of that 70s line um, with Toffoli and Jeff Carter when they were together there. Uh, but he is making three, two, five for two more years. And again, we have way too many guys we need to sign. Um, any type of 
deal that we would make in going forward, uh, unless it was to add like a depth defenseman, like what Treliving likes to do every single trade deadline. Uh, Derek Forbert, <laughs> Oscar Fantenberg, Eric Gustafson, you know, all these guys. Um, he just likes Zadorov. Even is uh, a, that wasn't at the trade deadline though. I guess that was at the draft. But um, you know, at, you get the point. He he likes to make depth defensemen ads uh, even though in my you know i think we have a uso and a connor mackey who could step in just as well as any other guy he'd be trading a future third round pick for anyway so um it, i would like to see him promote from within uh but at the same time i can see how bringing a guy with some experience uh into the fold would be maybe a good thing so I don't want to go through this whole thing, but just a couple names that pop out to me. Ricard Raquel would be, I think, a great addition. He's making three seven nine. Um, it's he's a UFA after this summer, so you know he shouldn't cost too much. That's depending on. I mean, that there was a report today that said the Ducks GM is not going to let Raquel Manson or Hampus Lindholm walk for free. Um, obviously that's his job. He has to say that, but I think Raquel would be a very decent addition for our third line. Um, you know, even though Toffoli is on there, I, I think it's, it's mainly the, the center position, I think at this point, um, that we're looking to replace, uh, you know, Chris and I, again, have talked about this extensively. Sean Monaghan just isn't the same player that he used to be. He's very much declined, and making 6.37 as a third-line center is just unacceptable. Um, you know, it's it's nothing really that we can do, uh, but we could, you know, obviously build some things around there and, and try to make up for that hole there on, the, on that third line. But uh, I like Raquel coming in. He's, a four, he's also a former 30-goal scorer. Uh, but he's actually, you know, his metrics are good. Um, the Ducks rely heavily on Raquel, and he they do outscore opponents with Raquel on the ice. Um, so that's also a good sign for uh, for his play, and he would fit pretty well within our middle six. Um, she mentioned Callie Yonkroak, of course. I mentioned Callie Yonkroak last time, cousin of Zebulon. Uh, he only makes $2 million. I think he would make uh, a great fit. I mean, honestly. I, but at the same time, uh, you know, if we were to go after a guy like Yarncroke, I, I feel like we could, we could just get him in the offseason for free without having to give up any type of pr- draft pick. But he could help the team in the playoffs, I think. I mean, he, he had some good years in Nashville. Um, he's been all right in Seattle, but things obviously haven't worked out in Seattle. Uh, but uh, I think he would fit in well with uh, with Daryl's style of play. You know, he's a tight-checking player. He has familiarity, obviously, with Elias Lindholm um, and all the other Swedish players on the team. So uh, there's another guy who could fit seamlessly into the lineup. He could play up and down anywhere in the lineup. Kelly uh, Crook would be able to play. So, you know, good thing to have. Uh, uh, some insurance against any type of potential injury, uh, any type of cold streak that the guys are going through. So, you know, you could just kind of stick him in wherever. And um, he's a utility player that you can kind of put in wherever and he would still give you the same type of effort every single game. So um, 
I think Cal Yarncroke makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's also a center, so he could fit in well with um, on that third line over Monaghan. And then you can put Monaghan back on the fourth line with, uh, and then maybe, you know, let Trevor, Trevor Lewis uh, <laughs> rest his legs a little bit as well and get a little bit more skill um, on on that fourth line as well. So, yeah, so I think Harley Yarncroke would be a good one. Jake DeBrusque, I'd... I'd, I'd I, I want to stay away from that. I mean, I don't know. He's going to be an RFA, $3.7 million cap hit, so he'll have to make at least that, if not more. Um, you know, a lot of teams are kind of salivating at the fact that maybe a change of scenery for Jake DeBrusque will, you know, will will give him a Sam Bennett-like uh, type of resurgence. But I, I, I don't know, man, like, I haven't seen enough of his game to really make that judgment call. Uh, but at, at the same time, I don't know, Jake DeBrusque is, he's a left shot, pure winger. We, we have too many of those. I, I just don't see where he would fit in. Um, plus if he came over here, it's not like he's going to be playing with Johnny and, and Lindholm anyway, he'd be filling the same type of role that he's filling in Boston right now. And we all know how that's going. So I don't think Jake DeBrus would be a very good fit. Um, but, you know, there are a couple other intriguing uh, intriguing names here. I mean, talking about depth defensemen, uh, Brett Kulak. We are obviously familiar with Brett. Um, you know, also he has a coach here, Kirk Muller, who coached him last season. Um, and, of course, he was... I, be, I believe he was drafted by the Flames. He was either drafted or unsigned, uh, signed by the Flames, I should say. Um, so there is familiarity there. Uh, Kulak uh, played with our core at the time, uh, Backlund and Monaghan and Goudreau. So uh, there's some familiarity, familiarity there as well. Robert Haig is an intriguing uh, defenseman as well, I would say. I mean, he had some... I think his defensive... I think... He has a reputation for being a defensive liability, but he can fire shots at the net. Um, he was getting points pretty consistently in Philadelphia um, a few years ago. So um, that would be an interesting, intriguing addition, uh, provided that it doesn't cost too much. Um, yeah, and, you know, I mentioned Nicoletti last uh, last episode, but, of course, he's they're making way too much money. So, um Talking about guys making under $2 million, more depth defensemen that uh, Trey Living loves to add. Robert Haig, Brett Kulak, those guys would be uh, interesting names for sure to keep an eye on. And also Vladin Mesnikov, another guy who can play up and down the lineup. Only $2 million that he's making this year, pending un- unrestricted free agent. So, you know, he would be a an interesting name as well. Uh, play center and wing, so you can slot him in wherever. And, you know, that's kind of what he is at this point in his career. He's just a journeyman who um, kind of, <laughs> if I can use the word, he's he's a bit of a mercenary, right? Like, he's just kind of, he's not Marion Hosa, obviously, looking for the team that can win the cup every year. But he is a guy who seems to get moved quite often at the trade deadline. Um, so might, might be another move in the cards for him. Uh, could be Calgary, might be an interesting fit. So... Lots of names out there uh, still to keep an eye on. You know, we are approaching the deadline March 21st. We're March is tomorrow. So uh, we are getting there. We're about three weeks away. So 
it, it is interesting to keep an eye on this. I mean, we, we do know that Brad prefers to, to get these trade done before the deadline, obviously, so that the player has more time to acclimate and, um, you know, there's there's more time. The, the price isn't as, as crazy as when everybody's panicking because they just want to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. So it is good to see that we're, we've done basically all of our heavy lifting already. You know, Tyler Toffoli was everything that we needed. So now we can just kind of sit back and see what falls uh, through the cracks, obviously. Um, keep an eye on those depth guys and depth defensemen. So we'll see how everything shakes out. So, yeah, that should be it from me. Uh, the Flames play uh, Tuesday in Minnesota, and then they're back at home for uh, the Habs on Thursday night. So we will talk to you guys probably on Friday uh, next. Chris is in the field right now, so he's uh, unable to to podcast this week until Friday. So we will do an episode on Friday, and then we, yeah, until then, enjoy the games, guys. Uh, go Flames, go. If you like the podcast, please, please rate, share, and subscribe. We're on all the podcast directories, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything is out there. Um, and uh, yeah, bring bring your friends, bring your mom, you know, share it with your friends and your family. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at Blasty's Corner. Follow at HockeyPodNet for all the latest news on all 32 NHL teams. And yeah, until Friday, everybody, we'll catch you guys soon. Peace. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.